What's going on gamers? Welcome back to Graveyard. I'm the Graveyard Gamer and thank you for joining me for this week's episode of Graveyard Gaming. Now in this week's episode I want to talk about remakes because you know what? As I'm playing through this excellent remake of Resident Evil 4 and of course Capcom has also blessed us with an excellent remake of Resident Evil 2 and 3. It just makes me go man there are so many older games that I would like to be remade from the ground up on this generation so I want to talk about that. Then I also want to talk about what I've been doing on my graveyard shift in regards to my progress with Resident Evil 4 and also what have I managed to accomplish in WWE 2K23 and what maybe some issues I might have had with creating a character. With all that said, let's jump in and let's talk about remakes. So gamers, what's this big deal with remakes with me? Well, look, here's the deal. It's not that I want to keep playing the same games over and over again. It's not that I want every old game brought back and made new. It's simply put, there are just some games that you love from back in the day, but they are so shrouded in nostalgia that when you go to play them now, it's kind of tough. Look, I can say this because as much as I am loving Resident Evil 4 right now, it was just last spring, the spring of 2022, I jumped into the PS4 version of Resident Evil 4, which was the port of it, and I gotta tell you something, man, that game just, it's dated. Trying to play through it and the way that, you know, the camera was, the way that the movements was, the controls, all of that is just amazing at that time in 2005 when it released, but all the way in 2022, it's like, oh man, this is just, we've advanced past this is the best way to say it. And look, to be honest with you, some of it is nostalgia, some of it is, man, I would just love to play these games again. And then honestly, I have a few games on this list that I think just for the sake of, historical records if you will the fact of new gamers that are just getting into gaming over the last few years have never played some of these games and they hear so much about them but when they go to play them, they're like what is this they need to be remade people need to know how amazing these games were and the best part is when you remake a game you kind of have an option especially if it's the first game in a series of kind of going a different direction and kind of almost remaking and rebooting that series. So with that being said, let's go with the first one on the list. And I got to say, this is a game that has been, well, honestly rumored to be in development for a while now. And there's actually two of them. It's Metal Gear Solid 1 and Metal Gear Solid 3. Now I say the two of them because honestly, I kind of hear remakes for both popping up all the time. So until Konomi actually comes out and says, yes, it's official, we are remaking Metal Gear Solid, whatever it is, it's just rumors. And that's why they're on this list. And I'll tell you right now, personally, I love the idea of both. I think if you go to that historical presence, if you will, of just how amazing this game is, Metal Gear 1 needs to be remade. I mean, this kind of kick-started an entire, I don't know, genre of gaming, right? It, it brought in that popcorn blockbuster to gaming, and it was so fantastic. But I promise you, if you go to play it now, it's tough. And I don't even know there's too many options to play this game if you don't have a PS1, if you don't have a PSP or a PS3. Like, I just don't know how you would play this game anyway. And I gotta say, man, it is fantastic. I still enjoy it, but it is extremely, extremely dated. Look, the one thing I will say is the Nintendo 64 and PlayStation 1 era, man, those games have been dated worse than anything. They were first really set of consoles that kind of dealt with 3D movement and space to move and the graphics do not hold up as well as even Super Nintendo or the PS2. So ultimately, I definitely think this could use a facelift. It could use new mechanics. I definitely think the story can stay in there and I definitely think they can do a lot there. And of course, there's the elephant in the room of, hey, Konomi can't really reboot this out without Kojima, right? Kojima is such a just integral piece of the Metal Gear franchise and I get that but I will say I think as long as you're just remaking and you're not changing a bunch of stuff I think you can get away without 
Hideo Kojima's presence in this game. Now, when I go to Metal Gear 3, I'm actually very much in favor of this one too, and it's because of two reasons. Number one, that is my second favorite game of all time. I've talked about it before. That was my favorite game from the moment I played it until Red Dead Redemption 2 came out. However, I just absolutely love Metal Gear 3. And I would love to be able to replay it, like I mentioned a little bit ago, with this technology. Can you imagine playing with the DualSense controller in that end fight with the sniper? And, and just maybe you can feel his footsteps very faintly. Or maybe it gives you a little thing where he's got his crosshairs on. Whatever they want to do, man. And just the rumbles and just how good it will look on this generation would be amazing. But the other thing that I say we should do it is because technically, chronologically, it is the first game in the series. It is our first introduction to Big Boss. I think that would be absolutely fantastic. Give us Big Boss's first adventure. I think it's great. Now, here's what I'm going to tell you this. Remake Metal Gear 1, remake Metal Gear 3, either one I am perfectly happy with. However, I am begging Konami, and I am begging Sony, remake one, port the rest. If you remake Metal Gear 3, and then in two years from now, you remake Metal Gear 1, that's amazing. But just port everything right now. I would love to be able to put my head on the pillow at night, knowing that, you know, if I wake up in the morning, I can play some Metal Gear 3, or I can play some Metal Gear 2, or Metal Gear 4, or Peace Walker. Just, just give me those games, man. Remake one or two of them and give me the rest as a port and I'm perfectly happy. But moving on a little bit, let's talk about Alpha Protocol. Now here's a special one for me because I've only put in about five hours in Alpha Protocol. I was actually talking to my good friend Hulking Yoda over at Lost City Gaming, a great gaming podcast right here on Spotify. Definitely check it out if you like my podcast. He loves this game. If you don't know what this is, just imagine Obsidian. They're the developers, you know, the guys behind Fallout New Vegas. But imagine them taking that open world RPG and applying it to the world of spies. Now, I gotta be honest with you, like I said, I only put about five hours into it. This was one of those games that just always came out at the wrong time. It came out, I was busy with a career, I couldn't actually jump in and play it. Years later, when I went to get to it, I'd already kind of moved on to the PS4 and I had a huge backlog at the time. So, unfortunately, getting into a PS3 game just didn't work out. And then, sadly, when I tried to get back into it in 2022... I had so many PS5 games to play that, yeah, I just wasn't going to spend a lot of time on a PS3 game. So, unfortunately, I never got to experience it. And that's why it would be perfect for me to see this as a remake. Look, this game, from what I played, was fantastic. What I've heard from other people was fantastic, in theory. The reviews are not high. There was definitely some issues it had. But just imagine you're a spy. You're getting to make connections with different people. How you handle those people are going to determine if they're somebody who's going to work with you, if you're going to get more information, or where you're going to end up. Look, I'm all about RPGs where you can kind of create your own choices and you can have different details that impact the story. Just imagine Mass Effect meets James Bond. That's kind of the tagline here for Alpha Protocol, and I think we could see something amazing with it. Now, for me, it's Obsidian, so if it did get remade, unfortunately, I'd probably be like, oh boy, I guess I'm not going to get to play that as a PS5 player. However, I just would love to see it out there. Or somebody at least pick up. Because Hulk and Yoda brought this up to me. We haven't seen a good spy game in a very long time. So I definitely think there is a hole waiting to be filled with Alpha Protocol's remake. Next on my list is Grand Theft Auto 3. Look, when I talk about historic games and games that people need to be able to play and understand why it has such an impact in gaming culture, Grand Theft Auto 3 cannot be understated. I was 18 when this game came out. So I'm dating myself a little bit. But I remember when it came out, I remember going to the store, renting it, right? And I remember playing it going, man, this is kind of cool. But I just found myself doing taxi missions and just 
not really understanding the concept of an open world game. You can check out my thoughts on Grand Theft Auto 3 on my GTA franchise episode right here. Just go down the list, you'll find it. But what I'm saying is, it was so unique, so new. That eventually a friend started playing it and he started realizing, oh man, you keep doing all these missions, it gets crazier and crazier. And all this might sound dumb to some of our newer audience, but that's the thing. Back then when this game came out, the term sandbox title, open world, all of that was so not common. Like we just didn't know what that was. The fact that I could sit there as Claude, as we've affectionately called him now in the Grand Theft Auto community, and run around causing rampage and not doing a single mission for hours on end was just something so unique at this time. It's why that game was like at the top of the list for best-selling game each month until Grand Theft Auto Vice City came out. Now look, I know we had the Definitive Edition, and I was really hoping for something amazing with this PS2 Definitive Edition that came out. However, unfortunately, we all know that it just wasn't. However, let me also just say that when I always saw the Definitive Edition, I never saw remakes. What I saw is a reimagining that if the PS2 era games had came out in 2021, that's how they would look. So I never really saw that. So I'm talking a full-on remake of Grand Theft Auto 3. I know Grand Theft Auto 6 is in the work, and I can only imagine that it's going to be absolutely amazing when it comes out. But I definitely think Rockstar, and look, they don't need to expand upon this remake of Grand Theft Auto 3. They don't need to add anything to it other than graphics that look like the now of graphics, gameplay that feels like third-person gameplay from I promise you, you will feel a major difference in how games controlled in 2001 versus 2023. So give us those updated controls, those updated graphics, the gameplay, all of that stuff. But you don't have to add anything. You don't have to include more missions. You don't have to make the world bigger. I'm telling you, I think it would be a major, major hit. Next on my list, hey, I, I got to say this, man. And I'm saying this for my buddy Hulking Yoda because I know he's going to agree with me. Dino Crisis. Capcom, you are making Resident Evil... Two, three, you've made four now. You're probably going to make another one come down the line. Why not go with Dino Crisis? Look, I never played Dino Crisis because of tank controls. I'm just going to be honest with you back in the day. I barely got through Resident Evil 2 because of tank controls. But I can tell you, I always wanted to play it. So Capcom, I'm begging you. That is going to sell like hotcakes. Let me think about this, guys. You take Resident Evil, you take the zombies out, you put dinosaurs in it. That's all I really know about Dino Crisis, but how amazing does that sound? How fun does that sound to be running from dinosaurs and making your way through an island or whatever it is and you got dinosaurs on you? Look, again, I don't know that much about it, but I know I want it. And since I'm talking about Capcom, let me throw another one at you. Devil May Cry. Oh, man, I know. We had the quote-unquote reboot about a decade ago that did not go over very well. Well, then they came back with Devil May Cry 5, which has got rave reviews. Here's my thing. Why not just reboot the first game and let's go with it, man? Let's show gamers what this is because gamers, God of War gets a ton of recognition for how amazing it is and what it did for the action, adventure, hack and slash style combat, right? I'm telling you what, when Devil May Cry came out, that thing was insane. Those kind of combos, those kind of fights, we've seen that only if you were the best of the best in fighting games, but this was in an action game. I'm telling you right now, I loved it. This the scenery you saw, all of that. I tried to play the original one a couple years ago, and I gotta admit, man, it was it was definitely tough. It's definitely dated. I will say though, for all intents and purposes, Devil May Cry 3 still actually holds up pretty well. As of a couple years ago when I messed around with it. But that first game, that original, I can't imagine how fantastic it would be being completely remade in this technology. I'm just again, I go back to the dual sense. I think about how amazing 
feeling the gunfire one way, feeling the sword slices another way, the kicks, oh man. Whew. Then I think about the graphics and not just like how beautiful things would look, but when you start to get these flashy, amazing combos, just how they would fill up the screen, oh my word, whew, that would be amazing. I gotta tell you, I, I'm kind of excited about that one. Next up, I'm just gonna throw this out there. That is Jack and Dexter, because look, I have played uh, about 10 hours of the original Jack and Dexter. I did this a couple of summers ago. Then I played Jack and Dexter 2, which I only played about 5 hours, but I can tell you there is actually a night and day difference between those two games. See, Jack and Dexter is very platformer, right? I mean, that's kind of really what it is. When you move to Jack and Dexter 2, it's actually a little bit different. It starts becoming almost a Grand Theft Auto clone. And that's what we call a lot of games on the PS2 era that were open world. Because ultimately, we just didn't have that style of gameplay a lot. So they kind of were, I don't want to say unaffectionately called Grand Theft Auto clones, but it was a designator that you knew, okay, I know what that means. And playing through Jack and Dexter 2, I immediately was like, man, this is actually kind of fun. I actually kind of enjoy this more than what I've been doing in the first game. So what I want to see is I want to see the first game and the second game merge. I want the gameplay style of Jack and Dexter 2 kind of brought into Jack and Dexter 1. Reimagine it, right? Like, kind of take what you need from Jack and Dexter 1 and put it into the world of Jack and Dexter 2. And ultimately, this could be what I said earlier. This could be the one that's a remake that's kind of combining things together, but it allows Naughty Dog to then move in a completely different direction. Allows them to kind of get back into this IP. Because look, Naughty Dog's done an amazing thing with Uncharted. They've done amazing things with The Last of Us. But... This is the franchise that got left behind. Like, I'm just asking, Naughty Dog, there's a way to kind of do a new thing while bringing back the old thing and getting us set up for another franchise. And I think people would absolutely be in love with it. Gamers, I'm going to be honest with you. I am excited for some of these remakes. They're just not even, even probably going to happen, but just the idea that we could because of nostalgia. There's nothing worse than loving a game when you fired it back up. You get a chance to play it on PS2 or whatever it may be, a port. And you're like, ooh, wow, I used to like this game. That sucks. So seeing them remade would be amazing. All right, gamers, it's time to answer the question I ask you every week. What did I do on the graveyard shift? Well, first off, let's jump on to the Switch. And look, here's the deal. I wish I spent more time with the Switch because I have enjoyed my time with Assassin's Creed 4 and Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3 this week. With Assassin's Creed 4, I'm still kind of in that tutorial slash introductory stage of the game, right? Like, I, I got through the first area of fighting, but now I've just got my ship, the Jackdaw. I've just got Adewale as my, like, first mate, and we've been doing some hunting, exploring some ship battles, and we just got to Nassau. And Nassau is a major area in this game. You spend a lot of time here, and ultimately, when I got there, I did a mission or two. I mostly just did, like, sinking the viewpoints and different things of that nature because i don't know if you guys remember this but assassin's creed 4 was the first assassin's creed game that sinking viewpoints allowed you to do fast travel so me i'm all about fast travel look i love exploring game worlds i don't want to make it seem like i don't ever like enjoying and taking my time but at the same time i like that option should i ever be compressed on time or i just don't feel like traveling the seven seas to just hit fast travel so i've been doing that ultimately i gotta say i've said it a few times but I am impressed with how well this game runs on the Switch and also how it controls. Like, the Switch in handheld mode, to me, can be a little bit cumbersome with the L1, R1 button. And I'm not sure if that's what they call it, but on the PlayStation, it's the L1, R1. And the triggers are not that big, right? They're not as in-depth. They're not, you know, they don't go as deep. They're not as wide. So I always kind of wondered how would an action game hold up on this. On Mario and Zelda, they're fine. 
I gotta say, I'm very happy with how it's holding up on the Switch. And you know what? I will also say that replaying this game has done wonders for me because I'm enjoying the game itself a lot more. I'm enjoying the story more. And I'm enjoying the character of Edward Kinway a lot more than I did on my time on the PS3 years ago. But what about Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3? I gotta tell you something. This game has been the game that I have enjoyed the most, probably this week, and I only played for about an hour, but it was absolutely fantastic. I'm on a mission where we're in New York trying to get to Kingpin, and ultimately I got to a section where Elektra has joined up with my team. Now, I can't pick her yet. I'm assuming probably once I get through this mission, she'll be on uh, available for me to use on my team. So my little team is Star-Lord, Daredevil, Spider-Man, and Luke Cage. And I'm not going to lie to you. The moment I can get Elektra, I'm replacing Star-Lord and Spider-Man with Elektra and Iron Fist because I kind of want that Defenders-type style team, you know? It's really cool. I like that kind of stuff. Plus, you get bonuses for that as well. So, ultimately, though, let me just say, this time, I've had so much fun with it. I'm learning more about the intricacies of the combat, of team-ups and teamwork and using your abilities and your powers and just been a ton of fun. Plus, I love the layout they've got going on here as you're fighting members of the hand in all these different rooms. And, of course, the main, well, I won't say the main, kind of the side mission you have on this. Each level gives you, like, a main villain you're chasing, and then you have little mini-bosses. And the mini-boss that I'm fighting on this level is Bullseye. And I got to say, man, that was a fun fight. It's frantic. A lot of times you'll get a lot of these special moves, and you can do these ultimate moves where... You do one, but if you also have, and I'm saying you as in whatever character you're playing as, like, I was Daredevil at this moment. But as I hit the L1 and the R1 trigger, I noticed Luke Cage, Spider-Man, and Star-Lord, all three had their ultimates ready. So you can just keep tapping it, and it'll make all four of your teammates just go ham on the bad guy. And I thought that was so fantastic, man. It was just awesome. So my hour, again, I need to find more time to dedicate to the Switch. Because, oh man, I had just an amazing time in Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3. But what about on the PS5? I gotta say, it comes down to those same two games, WWE 2K23 and Resident Evil 4 Remake. Let's start with WWE 2K23. Unfortunately, because I was so into Resident Evil, I didn't break away and play as much WWE as I would like. And I gotta say, another unfortunate part is I dedicated a lot of time to what I would consider almost wasted time. See, I was trying to create a character and I wanted to upload my face. Now, I used to do this way back in WWE 2K15 and 2K16. I thought it worked well. For whatever reason, I didn't do it for the next couple years, but for whatever reason in this game, I just couldn't get it to work. Like, no matter how I edited the picture and upload it, like, nothing about my face would line up. Like, my eyes were too far apart. And you can go in there and adjust the create character's eyes so they're supposed to line up, but it just, it looked unnatural. And look, I've got some great creative wrestlers that I downloaded, that I know people can do amazing things. Because, I mean, these guys look just like their AEW counterparts. But in this, for me, as a you know amateur with this, I just couldn't do it. And it also made me think, I remember back in the day, I would actually put the pictures on my laptop. I would go in there and edit them. And I would actually take off the eyes and the lips of my picture because then when you put it on the created character it would line up better it's something about the eyes and the lips that are just not lining up and again it doesn't matter how small or large i make that photo so unfortunately a lot of time went into that and i wasn't able to accomplish anything and it sucks because i want to create the character so that i can try out my rise and also so i can start my universe mode so i'll probably just kind of mess around with just the generic faces and not worry about importing mine and just kind of you know, modify and go from there. However, that doesn't mean I didn't get any gameplay in WWE. In fact, I spent about 30 minutes this morning trying to unlock the trophy 
for defeating Brock Lesnar with Kofi Kingston on Legendary. If you don't know the backstory of this, let me break it down to you. 2019, Kofi Mania is running wild in the beginning of the year. And at WrestleMania, Kofi defeats Daniel Bryan for the WWE title. It's a big deal, man. It's a feel-good moment. You know, it's always nice to have those at WrestleMania. He has a successful title run until he runs into Brock Lesnar on the first episode of SmackDown that would air on Fox Sports TV. And I'm going to tell you how that match went right here because we don't need a whole lot of time. Basically, the bell rings. Kofi runs at Brock. Brock picks him up. F5, 1, 2, 3, new champion. So I thought it was kind of cool that they kind of tied that into a trophy. So I did it. And I got to say, I fought him three times. The first time, Brock Lesnar absolutely destroyed me. I didn't really get any offense in, and he beat me. The second time, man, I withstood the damage in the beginning. However, thanks to resiliency and kicking out, I was able to bring the pain to him. And man, we had an epic fight. But he was always just that much stronger, that much better. But I kept fighting, man. True underdog spirit. In the end, though, I missed a trouble in paradise. It allowed him to lock in the Kimura lock. And I got to tell you, I fought it hard for about a minute. But eventually, the game was just like, nope, you're done. And the tap out happened. So the third fight, man, I got to tell you, I'm ready for it. I'm pumped. I'm going to do this. Again, it starts off and he beats the crap out of me. But I keep fighting from below, fighting from below. And finally, man, I start hitting him with everything. And I start doing some good stuff. But ultimately, a missed trouble in paradise. This time, after connecting with a couple in, during the match, oh, it leaves me open for the F5. I'm not able to reverse it. One, two, three. Unfortunately, I did not unlock the trophy. I didn't have time for another match. But it was a lot of fun. I did have fun in those matches. However, let me say, me and Hulk and Yoda, we have a term we use in sports games. And it's called sports game shenanigans. And it's when it just seems like the AI just somehow is a little too good, right? There's too many shenanigans that don't make sense. If you're playing MLB, balls that should be home runs just fall a little short, right? Well, in this game, I got to say, on Legendary, I defeated Roman Reigns. But there was something different about Brock Lesnar. Like, he just moved a lot quicker. And... Ultimately, I don't want to say the game was cheating me, but let me just say, when I think of legendary difficulty, I think of, hey, he's going to do more damage, he's going to take less damage. I don't think it necessarily means that he needs to be able to reverse every move you do, and that's what happens here. Not only that, it's hard to keep him on the ground, and then when he knocks you down, he seems to be able to go from move to move to move to move, and it just doesn't allow you a whole lot of time to you know, reverse or to get out or to do anything. So I felt like it was just a little over the line with that. However, again, at the end of the day, I did have fun playing it. It was a cool experience, and I do hope to unlock that trophy very soon. Now, when it comes to Resident Evil 4, I got to say, it's been a heck of a week. I actually started off very early in this game. I controlled Leon. I just told you last week how I had to redo everything I did as Ashley and go around and get the right treasures and stuff. So this week, I switched over to Leon trying to track her down, and very shortly, you're knocked down into the pits, right, into the depths under this castle. And I got to say, down there was full of some just very creepy and exciting things, including a boss fight with what I pronounce as Verdue, but really and truly, he is Resident Evil 4 Xenomorph, as Hulking Yoda described him. Because, I mean, honestly, I'm sitting there playing this game, and I'm like, yo, am I in Resident Evil? Am I in a castle, or am I on the Nostradamus, and I have an alien... Uh, chasing me because that's what it was like you would see his tail and it looked just like a xenomorph's tail it would whip out and strike you if you didn't move he would come through the vents and all this stuff like it was an actually creepy boss fight i thought it was really cool i did get a little frustrated because i'm not gonna lie like leon moves really well in this remake but sometimes i need him to move a little bit faster or the camera to move a little bit faster something whatever it is i can't quite put my finger on it but ultimately i did get past him i thought it was a cool boss fight 
Here's a little tip. You actually get a trophy if you take him out. I didn't. I got the chance to get on that elevator, and I ran to get out of there. Now, past that, I got into another boss fight, and this was kind of cool because I was my good pal in the game, Louise, and ultimately, it's versus two, I call them trolls. Hulk and Yoda calls them giant, so call them giant trolls for all I care, but it was really cool, and from my understanding, Hulk and Yoda took them down a little bit differently. He went a little bit more traditional Resident Evil. I kind of took advantage of this giant vault in the middle of the floor, and I would try to get them staggered or like stopped right on that and i'd go hit a button it would drop them into the lava and honestly i thought it was cool man as they fall in and their hands almost like t2 just kind of hold up as they're melted and i did that for both of them i thought it was a lot of fun from there some stuff happens you get into a knife fight which was interesting for the game i thought it controlled it pretty well and then you get to the clock tower now here's where i had a little mess up man very much a repeat of last week I sat there, I got all the way to the top of the clock tower, went to the merchant, and he made a comment. He said, make sure you do everything before you go forward. And I said, wait a minute. I've got some little side missions to take care of that I want to get knocked down. i got some treasures I want to go for. And that's when I realized, when I got back from the depths after the elevator, instead of going to the clock tower, I should have made a right, and I should have went back and kind of completed the things I needed to do in the castle. Going to the clock tower is your point of no return. So I was tasked with a difficult decision. Do I just say, screw it, I'm just going to miss those things, or do I actually go back and replay it? And I tell you what, guys, I decided to go back and do it. So I redid. I went all the way back to where I was at, made that right, went through, collected the different uh, side missions I needed to get done. I just would have felt really bad at that point in the game, having done all of them, to just not worry about it anymore. I was able to get a couple of the treasures. Unfortunately, I did find that I had missed one. You need Ashley to get one. So when that happened, I was like, all right, well, I'm not going to worry about every single treasure. And I just progressed forward at that point. Went back to the clock tower. And it was kind of cool because this time I got through the clock tower a lot quicker. Now, another heads up, there is a trophy. If you can keep people from jumping onto the lift as you're going up the clock tower, you can actually get a trophy for that. I will say the first time, not even close. The second time, I actually got pretty close. It was right towards the end that somebody got on there. And with the dual sense, you can actually tell when they jump on there. Ultimately, I was going after a Crimson Priest, the guy that can like basically shake his staff and the people's heads explode and you get then you gotta fight the Los Pragas as they're like whipping you. So I was really trying to take him out and got distracted and ultimately decided not to repeat it. But after that, I got Ramon Salazar boss fight. That happens right after the clock tower. And here's another heads up. I'm, I'm giving you all these little free little tidbits of information this week if you haven't tell. You can get a trophy for throwing a grenade at him right in his face. My suggestion to you, as soon as the cutscene stops where he, you know, the boss fight begins, throw the grenade right at him. He'll come right up to you. He's talking. Throw it right at him. Boom. You'll get the trophy. I will say, that, tro that boss fight to me, it wasn't that great. I mean, you spent a lot of time hiding behind pillars. I feel like it took a lot of ammo, even hitting him just right. So, again, I didn't think it was horrible just... Probably my least favorite boss fight I've done in the game. And here's the funny part. That ends the castle. And you get to a new area. I'm not going to say what it is in this episode. But you get to a new area with some new types of enemies. And I'll be honest with you. I was like, all right, cool. Got to the first merchant. He's right there. I can go ahead and save it. Go to WWE. Guys, I couldn't. I just kept playing. I just wanted to get more and more into it. Like, yes, that boss fight wasn't great, but I have just enjoyed it. I mean, the combat, the action in this game is so satisfying. I had an awesome moment where, man, I, I just got surrounded and beat down to where I literally had a sliver of health. And I knew, I knew there was still two enemies somewhere in the world. I had to take out a guy with the parasite hanging out of his head. That was kind of tough. 
I had a yellow herb. I needed a green herb. I just had a yellow. So ultimately, I was able to take that guy out, and I was able to snipe the other two guys shooting crossbows at me. So it was just me, and lo and behold, there it was, a green herb. So I was able to heal myself and move forward. And again, I just... I thought, okay, cool, once I get to the next spot, I'll stop. But I didn't. I just kept going, and that's why I don't have a lot of progress on WWE 2K23 this week. So ultimately, between the Switch and the PS5, I have had a very satisfying and fun graveyard shift. Well, gamers, I hope you enjoyed this week's episode. I would love to know your thoughts on remakes. What remakes would you like to see? Do you not want to see any remakes? I know in the last generation there was a lot of remakes, and people got tired of them. How do you feel about them this gen? Also, what do you think about the graveyard shift? Have you enjoyed Resident Evil 4's remake as much as I have? Do you like W2K23? You're better with uploading faces. I'd love to know that. Do you have any tricks for me? With that being said, you can always reach me at thegraveyardgamer at gmail.com, thegraveyardgamer on Instagram, or thegraveyardg on Twitter. Till next time, I'll be creeping on the graveyard.